Du lytter til en podcast fra Free Observer. Du kan se videoversionen af denne podcast på freeobserver.org. Free Observer er til dig, som ønsker en ærlig, åbensindet og undersøgende medieplatform, uden tabuer og uden anden dagsorden end uafhængig videnskab og fri debat. Vi tilstræber at skabe dialog om menneskelige og samfundsmæssige forhold og give plads til magtanalyse og magtkritik. God fornøjelse. Today we've got Victor Karlstrøm um, as uh, as uh, as our interviewee, and uh, welcome to the program, Victor. Hi, Casper. Nice to have. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Victor Victor's story is so incredible and with so many facets to it that I find it very difficult not to use some kind of extreme hyperbole to describe it. So um, it involves um, very serious fraud, financial fraud, which involves many of the most important state institutions in Sweden. And it obviously has huge ramifications. So that's the big picture. And with that, um, I would like you, perhaps Victor, to Tell our viewers a little bit about who you are, particularly um, what sort of business you were running in Sweden, and then we will get into all the details. Yeah, I can. Uh, to make a long story short, I was in. Uh, I was the biggest uh, broker. I owned the biggest brokerage firm for Folksam, and I was the largest provider of cash for Folksam. As I owned a private company, but. I was operated under Folksam's license. So um, it's important to, to know that um, Folksam was responsible for all my advice. And, I, and for you who don't know who Folksam is, Folksam is the largest financial institution in Sweden with around 50% of Sweden's population as clients. So it's like 50, a company. Five zero. Five zero, yeah, 50% they have on, on, as a client because they are an insurance company also. So uh, they have, um, um, yeah, so, so it's, the, it's the largest company in, in, in Sweden. And I was the largest provider of new funds and new clients in Tufolixan. My company was with office across Sweden. I also was an agent in the banking world in, in Luxembourg, Switzerland, Singapore, Dubai, and provided clients for many banks. One of the banks was SCB, the Swedish bank. And this agent system I was a part of has been very covered up because it's, they have put the They covered up because it money laundering was common practice in in the agent system, and they yeah they they put it in it under the carpet. They don't want to talk about it, and media are so corrupt, so they don't report about it. So it's it's so I, I had the one international leg where I did business on an international level, and then I did run this brokerage firm and I also had a, a couple of other brokerage firms during the years also and so I, have, so I have all seven licenses to work on all fields in, this, in the financial industry so uh, I have seven financial licenses and Sverdsek is one of the seven licenses. 
Right. So you were running a financial brokerage servicing Folksam, which is this very large financial institution in Sweden. And what, what kind of business were you conducting with or for them? Yeah, and I was number one, the top uh, provider of cash. Uh, we did everything for mortgage. We did a lot of mortgage for homeowners, but we also did uh, uh, invest in, in different funds. And, and, and uh, so it was a very, very wide spread. We did pretty much everything you can say in the financial license. We had the permission to do everything that Folksam had the permission to do because we were operating under their licenses. And that is, a, you have brokers in Sweden that operates with own license, it's very common. But I was one of the few agents that, uh, brokerage firms that were allowed to work under the biggest financial company in Sweden. And to get a license like that, a deal like that, you have to have a, I needed to pass very high due diligence process and it was very, very hard to get. But when I was inside, uh, I had the same authorities as Folksam. You had the same licenses and- uh, yeah, no, I did business on their licenses. So to do business with me and Folksam was the same thing. Right. Yeah, but my company was private. And I think this private. is very important to understand that you were fully regulated, fully licensed um, uh, financial services company working with obviously some very reputable institutions, correct? The, the biggest institutions in, in, in Europe and also in the world, because we, I have, was on the international level and worked with all banks, uh, Goldman Sachs. You're a banker yourself, so you know, uh, Merlin, I work with, with, with the bankers in, in, in Europe. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, was two legs, one, one domestic and one international. And just as a sort of final point on, on this, let's say, slightly technical, were you bringing uh, in investor clients, private clients uh, into this, or were you managing money on behalf of Folksam's private investor clients? Most we brought in, uh, in uh, new clients. And for Folksam, we brought in so much clients, so it was, uh, they had hard to keep it up with it. How much money are we talking about? It was, uh, it, it was a, a lot of money. But I, I don't can give any, any numbers, but to understand Folksam, they manage around uh, uh, over 50 billion US dollars. So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's big numbers. But also for the banking is, uh, in, in Luxembourg and, and Singapore, I was an agent for uh, the private banking divisions and also family office where clients with 5 million euro and up ends up. Yeah, you know that business very well. I do. Yeah, yes, I'm very familiar with it. So, and, and you were very young when you started this, right? I mean, you were, you were a young guy with a stellar yeah, career. It started, it started that um, I have no uh, education. I, have no, um, I haven't gone to university. Uh, I was just good at, at numbers and uh, I was uh, headhunted when I was 21 on a from a financial guy in, in uh, Stockholm who had a big financial company. And he want, wanted me to develop products uh, because I used to work, I was working at the, as a DJ actually on the, on the largest nightclubs. Uh -huh. And he was always on this club, the best club in Stockholm. And he know I did some numbers trick with the, with the crowd sometimes. And, and uh, so, so he hired me and, and uh, 
Then after six months, I took all the financial license that was needed to work in the industry. And uh, then I started my own company after two years. And then it's been just, uh, I have a little addict personality. So I'm an extremely work addict. I work like, uh, I can't stop working it's seven days a week, 16 hours a day. So it goes very fast. I remember your characters like you from my days in banking. Very impressive. And I did it for 15 years, 14, 15 years. So I, I, I managed to build a lot of, uh, uh, actually I, I managed to build a big fortune myself because I started from scratch. I, I, I don't come from any money. Uh, so I, I, I come from um, no, uh, no, not, 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 not any rich parents. So I'm, uh, I'm set, completely self-made. But the only reason I can fight this process today is because I, I have money and I also have a company structure located in Cyprus. And I will say that pretty much saved me because if my company structure would be in, in Sweden, they would have seized all my assets because they have to fight, to tell the audience, I'm, I'm in court today in Southern District of New York in federal court against all these banks and Sweden and everyone. And the Sweden have maybe 80 to 100 lawyers on my case. So they have, a, I get an email I uploaded on my Instagram. It's every email I get from my lawyers, they have 30 lawyers attached. So they have at least 80 lawyers and it's from the largest firms in New York. So uh, they have a, a huge lawyer bill for the Swedish taxpayers. I think it's the largest case they have in New York now uh, in federal court. Uh, but to run, and I have four lawyer firms in New York because the case is so big. And I also have a lawyer firm in, in Dubai and in Europe working for me. So uh, it's to, to process in federal court in New York is, is, is not even just expensive, it's super expensive. Yeah, we, we're going to get into all of those things. And I want, to, I want to just leave this for a while because we're going to get into the details. But just whilst we are on the subject, since we are here, and, and just a very quick answer, because I want to take a step back and follow the process through the history. But are you, are you effectively suing the Swedish government or all these institutions, or is it vice versa? Or is it, is it a whole amalgamation? I, I'm suing them because... Um, um, to make a long story short, um, I started to report wrongdoings in Folksam. Uh, Folksam is a cooperative, and a cooperative is a very rare company form. And to be a, an extremely large company as Folksam and be a cooperative, I would say it's only that raised concerns because you have no public insight in a cooperative. Uh, everything is hiding Dunkel. And, and all the numbers and all the reports is only from the, from the auditors. So it's like, if it would be like a, a public company, it would be very easy for people to look into it, but everything is hard in Dunkel. And I started to report wrongdoings and instead of helping me, they started to attack me. And then the first thing they did was to stole my commission on the commission account at Folksam and it was 190 million Swedish kroner that day. And uh, it's today maybe 13, 13, 14 million US dollar. And then instead of, um, uh, after they stole my commission, they started to, they kicked me out on the day, one day, all my companies, they shut it down, all my offices, everything. And then but they why, started- Why, just before we, 
what what um, what did you uncover? Uh, what what was it's in the lawsuit now? But but uh, some of it. But uh, to make a long story short, then they started. If you you have an investigation, if you heard about the crossfire hurricane investigation here in US, where um, started in 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 July. Uh, 2016, you had a similar investigation against me, but they were running it for four years on all my companies and, and harassment on an extreme level. They started investigation, investigation, investigation. It went so far, so even the, 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 the government sent out people to my house and wanted to tow it down because they, and they, they went after my kids in school, they went after it started like a massive crossfire hurricane investigation against all my companies all the time. And they didn't find any wrongdoing because I have never done any wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm played by the book. I play by the rules and I pay my taxes and I'm a, I'm, money is not the driven factor for me. My driven factor is to work, go all in, do as the best job I can for the clients. And then it ends up where it ends up. But why, why do you... Why did they? Why did we get to this stage where they went into such um, vigorous investigations? Was it something you had uncovered and alerted to before, and that's when it started, or did they start investigating you, and that's when you realized that there was something wrong? Uh, it was. I started to report, so it took maybe eight months before they made the cut. Uh, with a commission and when they, they stroke, I mean, they stroke everything in one day, but it what, what did you uncover and what did you learn? In, 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 you have to go over thousands of documents in a lawsuit. So it's like, a, it's not one thing, but it was a business that is not done correct. It's, it's a lot of the Svoger politics, they say in Sweden, it's like a, they're, they're all in bed with each other and they send the companies, commissions, and clients to companies they own. So they pretty much transfer some funds into private pockets. And those private pockets were in the interest of some of the people within the Swedish institutions? or yeah, the institutions and, and, the, 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 and, and Folksam. So they pretty much they, they transfer clients that Polyxam own over to private companies. They make structures that is, so that instead of Polyxam getting the commissions, it goes to private companies. And this is in so many layers. So it went out to companies in, in, in company groups in, in, in Scotland, in, 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 yeah, international. And it's so much money and I couldn't, uh, it, it, it's wrong. It's, it's stealing, they're stealing money. And I think this is, this is very important for people to understand what, what um, misdoings that you are claiming that they did, because I think this underpins, of course, the whole thing. So they were taking clients' funds and commissions due to be paid of returns to be paid to Volksam and they took it out into private vehicles and companies that they themselves owned or had interest in? Their own companies that they transfer clients to. It's, it's like a, a kickback system, you can say. Yeah. But this was the starting point. And then today this have, have over the four years because 
instead of started to correct their mistakes and, and uh, stop uh, doing this, they went after me. And the biggest problem here is that the head of Folksam, then Jens Hendriksson, he's the head of Swedbank. He is childhood friend and best friend with the head of SEC, the regulators in Sweden, Erik Tidén. So this is two best friends being on the same scout group. They eat dinner every weekend. So the guy there is the crook, Jens Hendriksson, and the guy that's going to investigate the crook is best friends. So you can imagine the investigation of the the the, the crook will not be pretty much. It's, it, the, the conflict of interest is so enormous. It's like it's insanity. And this Erik Tidén also put now Jens Henriksson is the head of Swedbank and he cleaned up the Swedbank money laundering scandal, which today is the largest money laundering crime in history. Yeah, I was and, going to ask you about that. But and Erik Tidén, he invest he gave them around 45 billion 45 uh, what is it 450 million US dollar in fine four billion Swedish crowner for the money laundering scandal and that's like a little drop comparing to Swedbank Estonia had 150 billion US dollar in suspicious transactions in one branch they run was running the largest money laundering crime in history for 15 years Yes, but but um, but that um, that Baltic money laundering adventure, which two of the biggest, the two biggest Danish banks were also involved in, the largest Nordic bank, Nordia and Danske Bank, that they were heavily implicated in as well in Estonia, as you say, that was before uh, and. And was it unrelated to what happened in Folksam, which is the client that you would because, No, the, everything goes in the same bed. Right. Because Folksam is the largest owner in Swedbank, the largest uh -huh. shareholder. And uh, I would say um, uh, uh, we also used Swedbank on Folksam and a payment system called SUS. It's a payment system. So we used Swedbank for all the transactions. So I had access to everything all ready back in 2014, 2015. And, and I will say that uh, I will say um, when uh, Swedbank's uh, uh, had uh, Jens Hendriksson, he sold Swedbank shares for a huge amount in 2000, a couple of years back. Privacy. Be the, just before this money laundering broke, the scandal broke. He unleashed like a huge amount of Swedbank shares on the market. Privately. And, and that is the biggest insider crime in history, I can tell you, because he had information about the money laundering crime. And he went out and he dumped the Swedbank stock for Folksam and made huge money for Folksam. Did so you everything stop? goes in the same bed. Right. So your your your, not your accusation, but part of your, what you are alerting um, people to is that there is a, let's say a nepotistic or, or incestuous um, relationship between exactly. the people. They're in, exactly, they're in the same bed, everyone. 
But we need to just establish um, before this, it's very important for people out there to understand the crimes that you are saying took place because you mentioned two things, which I think is worth just uh, getting a grip of. On one hand, the executives of the various institutions, as I understand it, set up private vehicles or had interest in private vehicles in which commissions or kickbacks were paid from the business activity within Volksam. In addition to that, I, I know you've talked about some suspicious Eastern European, Russian and Turkish dealings in Volksam and, and Sweatbank as well in relation yeah, to this. SCB, SCB is the bank, SCB. In SCB. And how does that relate to, to the case that you're involved in? Uh, it's, it's, now we're going very deep into it, but... Uh, That's okay. Uh, yeah, Henriksson, the head of Folksam, he bought, uh, he invested Folksam's money in these companies. He bought, uh, but the whole in, in these companies uh, where you have Turkish government officials in the background. So right. he invested a huge amount of Folksam's money into that. But to, to understand why everything this is possible, so I would say that the uh, the Swede, that's why I said uh, now I would like to invest in your company because you have a company that uh, not that should be independent media. This wasn't should not be possible in Sweden if you had one independent media company. One, it was not be possible. But my defendants they own the Swedish media, and the problem with the corrupt. Corruption like this, because people have to understand corruption is abuse of power. Abuse of power is corruption and it's a crime. And this is like the largest abuse of power you can go because as everybody's in the same bed. So and let's. If, yeah. yeah, but if, if Sweden had one independent news company that was allowed to cover this, it would, it would collapse so fast. It would collapse in a week. But when, when you have all three parties in the same bed, you have the authorities that don't do anything, you have the companies, and you have the media that refuse to report about it. Then you have the perfect storm for corruption to happen. So it's, it's, it's like, a, it's, it's the perfect storm and nobody can expose them. I expose them in international media and I have a lot of media attention here in the United States and on international level. I have more media coverage in Asia than I have in North Europe. I was going to say that was one of my observations that I was going to comment on, which I found very curious. Um, we have very little time to prepare for this um, interview, uh, but I just got it now. So uh, for the viewers, but, I got it uh, forty minutes ago. Yeah, but but exactly, but. Um, but uh, it struck me from what uh, amount of research that I could do that there was very little in the Swedish media, which you would expect considering, you know, the, the, the numbers we're talking about and, and the institutions. I mean, these are arguably... Because they are corrupt. They are, they are corrupt. They are, they are a part of the conspiracy of the Swedish media. My lawyers want us to take actions against Bonnier Media and Schibstedt. Because, because if they did their job, 
this is a conspiracy for the last five years to crush me, my family, all my companies. Just explain the suicide. That's what that they want. Just explain to, to we have many international viewers. Uh, I I know those two companies you just mentioned, the large media companies. But just just explain those two, uh, what what role they are. In Sweden, you, you have uh, 90% of all the media is owned by two companies, Schibstedt and Monia. They own 90% of all the new media there is. Right. And they are a part of the conspiracy because my defendant know they will never run the story. So that's why they can keep harassing me. Swedish Economic Crime Police was on my companies again for the 12th time. Then they started an investigation on my companies a couple of days ago. And, uh, and it's um, a couple of weeks ago, they did another raid. So it's things all the time. And they are a part of the conspiracy, Schibstedt and Bonnier, because they refuse to cover. That's why I love the United States and countries as a democracy, because you have two media pools. You have in US, you have Fox News, for example, they're covering one part, and then you have CNN covering another part. And they oh. investigate each other all the time. Mm. But in Sweden, China, and countries where you have no independent media, you have one pool. And if you manage to control this pool, you own everything. And my defendant control Chibstead and Bonnier to that level that they have forbidden them to write about my case for the Swedish public. And I'm not the biggest, yeah, I'm a big loser in this because if they started to cover my case, this harassment would stop very fast because it would be, the public will, it would be like pretty much almost a revolution if they keep going and the media cover it. But uh, the, the thing that, that makes me so upset, I know the biggest loser in this is uh, the political system because my defendants are all having very deep roots in the social democratic party in Sweden. They're all from the social democratic party. Jens Henriksson, he's grown up in, uh, with Olof Kalmer, the former prime minister, and he was uh, hired by Göran Persson, the Swe former prime minister of Sweden at a very young age. And everyone is deep into social democrat. And the power they have taken during the last, I would say four or five years over the media in Sverige, I can say it's impossible that the social democratic party in Sweden will lose next election. That's impossible because it's impossible you will have a fair media coverage during the next election because this control is taken during the last three, four years. And for the opposition in Sweden to get any media coverage in, 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 in the next election, just forget about it. And so that's you're, why yeah. so it, you're saying that um, the, um, the uncoverings that you made in terms of suspicious uh, transactions that were taking place in Folksam, um, the head of Folksam, Henriksson, you say his name is, he has all these personal connections at prime ministerial level and at the uh, financial uh, inspection, the SEC of the FSA, yeah. whatever you want to call it. In, in social Democrats, all of social Democrats. Right. And what, when you saw or realized that there was something 
uh, strange going on that you thought was illegal. What actions did you take to alert the authorities? I have sent, I, I, I signed myself as a whistleblower. They have, it's like the biggest joke in, in history. They have on the Swedish SEC, the regulated page, whistleblower. And I've, I've been sending over 60 reports to the whistleblower department. 60, six, six zero. Yeah, during the four years. And not one has been investigated properly. Everything is under the carpet. And I also have informed the Swedish media there is not one reporter in Sweden that don't know my case. It's not one. Everyone knows it, but no one are allowed to write about it. No, and I've seen nothing. How, how insanity this is. I'm in court today, over 4.2 billion US dollars in Southern District of New York. If they lose, Swedbank have a possibility to go down. And a lot of people, uh, it's the consequences for Swedbank and for Folksam is massive. And also the consequences for Sweden is massive. So to, to uh, cover up a story like this for the people of Sweden, it's the same level you see in China when a whistleblower step forward. It's exactly the same level. Because also then you have to take, take only the lawyer fee, the, Swe the Swedish taxpayers pay for millions of millions, tens of millions of millions of dollars in lawyers fees all the time. But nobody reports about it in Sweden. So I have more media coverage in Asia and United States and I have it in, in, in North Europe. And this is only being possible because you have this media monopoly in Sweden. So that's what I said, your company will have huge success in, in if you enter Sweden because I'm in the process to invest and buy a media company because I see that it's, it's, uh, it's needed. For, for, because now you have like, uh, no one will cover your stories if it's against the Social Democrat Party, if it's against these people, no one will cover you. So I'm, I'm luck because I have, have money and can run this case from here. But I can imagine there is a lot of people in my positions that don't have that luck and they, they, they have no one that cover for them in, in, in Sweden. No, and then subsequently, of course, they, they play along um, in order not to lose their livelihoods. We're going to get into later on the kind of, let's say, challenges. I think that's understatement of the century that you've had to face on a personal level but uh, I just want to sort of finish on this part of it. So during this period, and we're talking 2015 to 18, 19, is that right? When this- it's From September, 2015 to January, 2019, so yeah. Right. During this period you were running, and we'll, we'll talk about the businesses that you were running, but you were running a variety of different businesses that in turn were doing business primarily with Volksam, but with all, also with other institutions in Luxembourg and, and so on, but, but primarily in Sweden and, and with Volksam. The head of Volksam uh, is one of the people that you claim was implicated in these suspicious transactions. Um, and uh, because of that, and because of the position that he has, the reputation and the contacts, your revealing these transactions meant that, that there was a significant clampdown 
initiated against you privately and business-wise. Is that is yeah. that a fair summary? Yeah, and he started. That's why we have sued him in person, Jens Hendrickson. Right. Because he he is the boss, and he derogates all this authority. And why this is a very very important thing. Why I can sue Sweden in the United States? It's very it's it's the only because Swedish authorities they have a they are have a immunity for getting prosecuted. The institutions, yeah, the Swedish authorities. Yes, they have immunity for for being sued. Right. Yeah, but why the immunity is not waived in this case is because they have immunity, but they don't have immunity if they gain commercial interest for another company. And what they have done during all these years is to helping Folksam and Jens Hendrickson to crush me. And then they have gained commercial interest uh, for Folksam. And that's why I can bring them all to court here. So uh, it's, it's important to know that's very important. Yeah, that's obviously an important legal point. So tell me, we, we, again, we will cover this point later on, but just how many people and institutions are you effectively suing? No, it's not so many. I sue SCB. Let's just explain. SCB is the largest bank in Sweden. Yes. Yeah. And I also was a part of their secret agent system for for many, many years, for over 10 years. And then I sue Folksam, I sue Swedbank, and I sue the Swedish tax agency that have harassed me for the last four years with, I have, I can't even count how many times they have invested in all my companies with no sign of wrongdoing, not a single penny. You have I, never been convicted or taken to court yeah. or anything like that. Never. But, never. The, but the investigations continue, you said 12. Uh, no, tw- yeah, it's 12 people that have had uh, on, on investigating my same companies. So it's... it's uh, So the tax uh, authorities... And then the Swedish SEC is like the, 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 the regulator in, in Sweden. And I also sued um, Director General, the boss, the best friend to Jens Hendriksson, Erik Tedén for the Swedish SEC. And I sued the boss for tax agency, who also is a very close friend to, to, uh, uh, to Jens Hendriksson. And then I sued uh, Jens Hendriksson. So that's the parties I sued. And you can sue the institutions because they've been financial beneficiaries of these transactions, is that correct? They have gained a commercial, they have, they have put themselves in a commercial situa- situation when they started to attack me on behalf of Folksam. And then the immunity they have is not veiled because of this. Uh, but also this could be very important because Folksam had a team of 15 people working full time to crush me. 15 people, and there are my lawsuits, we call them a team of 15. And SEC had a, a whole division going off through all my companies with raids and investigations all the time, it was something. And the tax agency had on the, uh, my case was on the tax unit 44 in Sweden. It's the tax unit for organized crime on international level. It's the most aggressive tax unit they have in Sweden. 
they launch investigations, investigations on me all the time. And I have never done anything wrong. So for the first time, I should never been on that unit. But all these people, I don't say they are bad people because what has happened is, I have asked my question so many times because to, to get so many people to try to crush someone, I say the responsibility is with Jens Hendriksson, Erik Tedén because they have paint, I call this the Hitler syndrome. They have painted me as Hitler for all these people. And it's a, to, okay to shoot Hitler because he's Hitler. It's okay to murder Hitler. It's okay to punish Hitler because it's Hitler. You're allowed to do whatever you want against Hitler, even if it's breaking the law because you're doing something good. And that's what the same syndrome, they have brainwashed all these people to paint me as a crook. But in the end of the day, we stand here five years later with no wrongdoing in any companies. And I'm the most investigated person in Europe. No tax crimes, no client crimes. I had over 10,000 clients and I have not a single compliant co complaint in my broker record. I have it on my website. So it was nothing wrong with me. But what I say, the Hitler syndrome is very dangerous. And, and it's, 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 I think that's how they managed to get so many people on board. Because a normal person with moral and ethic will say, hey, what's going on here? Why are we gonna invest this? this we can't, no, we can't go out and tow, out, tow down his house. Why are we gonna tow down his house? No, but it's Hitler. Yeah, okay, then we can go out and, and tow down his house. So, so that's very, very dangerous. Yeah. So, whew, there's so much. Um, so, I, I mean, this is critical for people to understand. For four years, maybe more, they have run a continuous exercise of investigations, be it from the financial regulator, from the tax authorities, et cetera, et cetera none of which have led to anything, and yet it continues. That's one thing. Last week, Swedish Economic Crime Police was on my office. And the Crime Police, I beg your pardon. <laughs> there are so many, I'm losing track of it. Yeah. Um, secondly, and perhaps most importantly, all this started not because they were alerted to you doing something suspicious, no, Rather, it was vice versa. It was you who alerted them to transactions that were suspicious. And on the basis of you being a whistleblower of suspicious transactions, this whole apparatus kicks in to investigate you. Yes. And also, that's exactly the way to, to describe it. But why... I said they are allowed to investigate Folksam. They are allowed to investigate, and not Folksam, they are also allowed to investigate, but Swedish Tax Agency and SCC, they are allowed to investigate, and the crime police also allowed to investigate. But this we are in court over is why they investigate. Dude, this is the million dollar question for the court case, and this is why they can't win. They can't win this case. If we ends up in front of the jury, it's 99.99% that they will lose because the whole question is, are they investigating me as an independent person They start all this investigation 
or they do it on behalf of Folksam. And even a blind jury will see that they do it on behalf of Folksam and they work together in a conspiracy. And yes, I understand that, that, that claim. And maybe it's worth, I mean, you almost need a diagram. I mean, I've read it on obviously your website, which, which where people can, can, can find these pieces of information because it's very hard to find it in any media, despite, despite well, the severity. Here in the US, it's, it's all over, but uh, yeah. in, 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 in Sweden blocks a lot of articles for me. The Swedish authorities, they block. If you come an article on me, they use something, a, a published law in the European Union to block the article. So you can't read it from Europe. So if you were in the US now and go with me, you will get a whole lot of other media flow. So, if a good and to make too much, how much power they have. I had an article in New York Times last year. It took, I posted that on my Instagram. Look guys, I'm on New York Times today and a picture of the article. It took two days and then the article was deleted. From the New York Times? From the New York Times. The wow. New York Times deleted an article on, and I, it was a days after I posted on my Instagram. And I believe it's the Swedish, uh, Swedish journalism that have uh, connections with the New York Times because I don't see my defendant can control them. But the Swedish media, they try to suppress me so hard, so it's ridiculous. I think I have had three or four Wikipedia pages during the last year and they shut it down. Wikipedia is the most, it should be forbidden because you have these anonymous forum people and the media guys have so many guys on, on Wikipedia. So they try to control the text. So when someone writes something about me on Wikipedia and it comes up, then one delete it. And then it, so I, I think I have four Wikipedia pages for the last year. I mean, this is, this is I, I, when, I, when I read this and, and I wanted to say this in my introduction, but I wanted the story to come from you and people can form their own impressions but I mean this is as if taken out of the wildest Hollywood movie yeah it's that, the, the, the immigration lawyer I have in New York that have my asylum uh, he's been a, he's been fixing asylum for um, Russian citizens for the last 35 years on Manhattan in New York and he says my case is by far the most extreme case he has seen in his whole career. And he keep repeat that not even Hollywood can stage a movie on my case. No, that's how I felt as well. And he said that maybe 10 times during a couple of months that not even Hollywood can stage a movie like this when he goes over a fact. And then he said it again a couple of days later. And when he had said that maybe 10 times, I started for the first time last year to understand that it must be a public interest in this. That's why I've decided to do a book and a, a documentary about the case because, uh, because he said it so many times. And, as, and in the end, I'm, because I've been in the surviving mode for the last five years, trying to fight. So I, I have never think about the public uh, opinion, but he made me do that. And then I started to see that it's, hopefully it's, uh, it's gonna get a good reaction from the public. Can I, can I ask you something? I mean, I, I know the answer, I think, but if you had not been independently wealthy, if you had been a normal person who, let's say, was an employee um, in one of these organizations and you 
came across these transactions, which I only have your word for it. You know, I, I, I haven't looked into it. So that's the disclaimer. But court documents, you can find it on my website, all the court documents, not all, but many of the court documents. Right. But what, what, what would have happened to me? You have not a chance. And also what I want to raise for concerns for, because this has happened to me and I'm not the, Oh, what was happening in, in January 2019 was they raided my office as a Yen tax agency, and then they wanted to take... Hold on, hold on. Say that again. They raided your offices. The ta- yeah, they do. Yeah, the tax agency. But what they do, they have been on my offices so many times, so it's not, nothing unusual. But this time, they wanted to take all my documents with not letting us take any copies. And then... Said, because in Sweden you can put in custody for circumstantial tax fraud for unlimited of time. You can be in custody for five years pretty much because you have no time limit on a custody case in Sweden. So then my lawyers told me, now, they, now you're gone. They're going to put you in custody Monday and they're going to insulate you and then the Swedish media are going to destroy you and they're going to paint you as a crook as they did with Alra, for example. You know Alra? No, tell us about that. Alra was a big financial scandal in Sweden with the same people that went after me, went after a financial company named Alra. And they put, they, the company was worth 250 million US dollar. And exactly the same people targeting me, targeted Alra. Uh, and instead of, they, they throw the owners in custody. They took all the assets in Sweden and they took everything they could in the custody and then Swedish media launched a massive propaganda campaign during two, three years against Alra and the owners and the family members. And everything ended up to be a big lie because last year Alra was not guilty in court on all charges. No wrongdoing in Alra, no tax wrongdoing, nothing. But the Swedish media had running articles every day and it was a headline news that Alra was a crook, they stole money, pretty much the same lies that tried to tell my client about me. And everything Swedish media told the public to Sweden for two or two and a half years, it was, everything was a lie. It was not one word that was right in any of the day. And that was proven in court. And I didn't want to go that destiny because I saw this and I said, if they take me in jail, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to go out to media and they're going to run exactly the same operation with Bonnie and Schibstedt as they do against Alra. And then my lawyers tell me, told me, what can I do? You can, uh, we recommend you to go to Dubai because they have no extradition agreement with Sweden. So I sat in my office and I had, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, Yeah, it's emotional for me to talk about this because I try to not look back, you know, I try to move forward and I'm not a crying guy, so it's, it's, uh, it's not good for my image. Uh, but uh, I sat in my office and with my lawyers and everyone and uh, I had company offices across Sweden, houses, family, kids, everything, a life. And I ordered a private jet to go out of Sweden and escape Sweden that night because I well, really... You, you had to flee your own country, Sweden, not some 
Yes, it's the Banana Republic. They said probably they will arrest you Monday morning. Swedish Economic Crime Police do raids Monday morning. But I said, what happens to come tomorrow? Yeah, then we gone. Okay, then I leave tonight. So I went home and, 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 and packed. Yeah, my whole life in 30, 35 minutes and left everything. And we went to Dubai. And then it was, uh, we went into hiding there because I was afraid that they would put me on an international warrant list as they had done to some people connected to Aldra. They had put them on an international warrant list. And then Dubai would arrest me and place me in custody and then I have to fight my extradition it, and it would be pretty much impossible from a jail in Dubai. Sure. So when I was in Dubai, I had next problem. It was my lawyers told me build a case as fast as you can because I took all my computers and I was working maybe 23 hours a day. Uh, and sometimes I was working for two, three days building this case that are in court now because I need, and I, I know that if I get arrested, I need so much so I can fight an extradition because if they get me to Sweden, I'm done. And, and then uh, it escalated uh, so much. Uh, so yeah, it, it went to the extreme, but uh, yeah. I don't want to obviously turn the conversation too much to Aldra, but I somehow feel it's important because it provided you with a precedence of what can happen in a similar situation. And that's why you took such urgent action, action to get out. So they were another company that came under this severe investigation for two years with nothing, I don't know the case. So I'm just summarizing what you said. And they, they found no wrongdoing whatsoever. And after two years of whatever, ruining the business and affecting those people's lives, it's sort of just back, back to as if nothing had happened. Yeah, exactly. And they, they, they run, was running this massive, uh, massive PR campaign and, and they destroyed the people's lives. This was guys like me, Andra, working hard for over 10, 12 years. They were going to do this, uh, go public with a company and it had a value of 250 million US dollar, a little over 2 billion Swedish crown. And uh, then they throw them all in jail and then the media took all the assets and then the media went after them. And there's, there's, there's no libel or slander suits? Not, they have not find anything wrong. So I still believe that uh, it was something, maybe, I don't know, I don't know what, what, what happened, why they started to go after them, but what oh. Aldra had that I didn't have, this is also a very big important thing. Aldra had suspicious not suspicious, but questionable derivatives they had bought from a fund with a middleman. Derivatives. Yeah, exactly. So, so they had they had um, this uh, as a as a questionable transactions, and it was in court found not guilty. It was no crime, but moral and ethical. I think it's wrong because they they did this with their clients' money, and I think it they did took a huge commission. So they had the little, in all these investigations they launched, they had something to shoot on. Mm. But in my case, they had nothing. Not, not even, they didn't even find one client that I had complained against. So you, you're convinced that the, um, this campaign against you on all these fronts is derived from the fact that you 
uh, alerted the world to these suspicious transactions rather than anything to do with your business dealings? Yes, because there was nothing wrong with my business dealings. All the investig- If it was something wrong, I would have compl- complaints from clients. I would have, a, they would have been finding wrongdoings in the investigations. But the, the difference between me and Alra is in Alra, they found something that was questionable. It was not illegal, mm. but it was questionable. Mm. In my operations, they have found zero. And, and, uh, but I refused, and I know some of the people uh, involved in Alra. And uh, this is, uh, the, I would say, the biggest fake news media campaign running in, in the Europe history that the Swedish media launched against Alda because they put them on, on the front page every day as criminal crooks and uh, for two and a half years. And, uh, and that's and, what I mean. Is there no recourse in Sweden to sue newspapers for libel and slander? No, no because Swedish media just cover it up as they always do. So no, after I was convicted, not guilty, it was not the word. Not the word. It no, never happened. It was a non-story. Yeah, it was a non-story. Not, they, 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 they didn't even go out. They had a little notice on some papers. Alra not guilty in court. And then it was uh, put it under the carpet. Right. It, it, but, but I can say this. This is very important. What they did to Alra is... is uh, it's, it's similar what they did to me, but they didn't find anything wrong. But Matthias Bengtsson, the guy they put on an international warrant list, hiding in Dubai, and who has disappeared and been in the Swedish media as a, as a fugitive in, 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 in uh, hiding. <laughs> I had contact with him in Dubai when I was hiding there. And... Uh, He's, uh, he's, uh, I feel very, very sad for him because he's so bad shape and what the Swedish media have done, they, they have destroyed his life so much. He's, he's mentally in so bad shape after, I don't know how many years he's spending in, in, in hiding there, but it's, it's, he's mentally in so bad shape and he, he has no support system. He has no human rights at all. He, they put him on the international warrant list, so he can't even leave United Arab Emirates because if he leaves, he gets arrested. And this leads me to something I wanted to ask you. And but you... we didn't have contact about my case at all. We didn't have any contact about that. He didn't give me any information. It was just a very contact on the surface. I tried to ask some things about the Dubai system. And then I noticed very fast that this guy is... is, is uh, is mentally off the table now because it's only because of the harassment from the Swedish authorities. So I didn't want to go anymore. So I cut the connection very fast. No. And, and so, th- as I said, this is what I wanted to ask you. And if it's too sensitive, you, you know, you don't have to answer it, but I mean, you obviously are resilient and, 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 uh, and very capable person as you are driving this, let's call it a, a, a countermeasure or, or a counterattack going on the offensive. But this must have been pretty strenuous on your private life. I mean, you are in, what did you say, less than 24 hours, you packed everything that you could and you went off to Dubai and you were there for- And then I have, I've now I've been checked because the threat level had been so high 
Uh, and what's the threat level is not people only. I call out in the lawsuit is people in this money laundering money in Swedbank. They ending up in US because of me. So if, if they take me out, the case disappear. Not all of them, but many of them do. So I have changed living now maybe 150 times during the last two years. Uh, and I have police. Wait, wait, what you changing location? Yeah. And, and have police protection here in the United States. So it's, uh, it's, I have a very high security around me. So it's, uh, and, and uh, because it's been attempts to, to kill me, and that's another question that we can go into later. But um, uh, yeah, so it's, 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 uh, it's in, and I lost everything except money, but I never worked for the money. I don't care about money. I make know how to make money. You can take everything away from me and I, I will be rich again in a year. But I have money because I have I have, I have um, a, a company group located in Cyprus, where also the Swedish tax agency went down and, and tried to find wrong, but they didn't find anything wrong there either. But um, yeah, so if I didn't have, uh, but I lost everything, and then I lost my children, five and six years old, my wife, yeah, everything, my clients. I had the best relationship with thousands of clients. And what hurts me today is they are told a lie about me. They're told, they, the Swedish authorities tell my clients, I took my clients' money and went abroad. abroad. So I have over 10,000 clients in, in, in Sweden that I was fighting for, for over 10 years. And I had, and everyone thinks that I'm a crook today. Do, can, the client's money that you managed, is that gone or? or? No, everybody has made money. Everybody right. has made so much money. I'm not the client, what I'm aware of. Maybe, of course, it's some people win and some lose, but in, in, in the main have made a lot of money because they've been on the stock market and in bonds. But the problem is that all my clients think I'm a crook because they have taken all my clients into a meeting and then they have tell my clients that they, yeah, Victor, he started to steal in clients' money and uh, he's now uh, uh, on the police or after him with many investigations and he's hiding somewhere in, uh, in, uh, in the world. We don't know where it is. But lucky for you, he didn't have enough time to take your money. But, no, but no client's money has actually been not lost. A penny, not a penny. I have not done any... Not a thing. I, I was the most legit financial guy you can imagine. And I was on the Swedish license system in Sweden. And they monitor everything you do. And if I even get a phone call with a client complaining I was aggressive or I was rude, they list that as a complaint. And if you go in on my website, victorx.org, I have my broker license record from Swedish, and it says no phone calls, no complaints, nothing. It's completely empty. So, so the story the Swedish authorities tell my clients is a lie. That's also why I'm so upset that the Swedish media covered this up, because the Swedish media went out and tell the public this is what's happening. Then my clients will know, oh, Victor is fighting for justice against all these people. And now I'm getting threats on my email pretty much all the time because one of my emails is on the internet and I, I get the threats, I get death threats because everybody thinks I took money and took off because that's the picture they have painted me as. So you're receiving death threats and you feel 
almost every day. On my Instagram, I receive messages all the time from people around Sweden thinking I'm a crook. So it's, but it's, no person's money is missing. Not a penny. And I would say 90% of my, my client made a lot of money as clients, a lot of money. So, so what happened to all that money that you were managing? Is, is that now with Folksam? It's, it's in, it's in Folksam's hand. They took it back. And then they have given it away, giving it away to some of these corrupt brokerage firm I reported. So they don't even, they ended up with my client's money too in the end of the day. And they make money every day. They make so much money on my clients every day. And I did the job. I did all the job. I bring the client into Folixam. I did all the paperwork. I opened the accounts. I did everything. And now they're making huge amount of money on my clients and have done for the last year since they, they cut me off 2015. As far as you know, have any of the Uh, the companies that you uh, alerted as suspicious, have, have any of them been investigated? Have any of them been covered I, in the I, press? I, I don't get any information about that, of course. So I, I don't know. Uh, hmm. I, I don't get any information about that. So I don't know what the authorities do, but nothing has happened. Nothing but you're happened. going back to your your private life. If it isn't, again, if it's no, too hard, you, 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 you just ignore it but your wife and your children you have two children correct yes they went with you when you left urgently to dubai yeah they was with me and and uh, we were they were me with me to to uh, yeah may 2015 and uh, 2019 sorry they were with me first in in dubai and around united arab emirates but we were hiding because we were changing locations on different places And then we went to, then people tried to find me, people I have reported in United Arab Emirates and they called me down on my phones when I was there. So then we tried, managed to get to United States and I had contact with people from the Trump administration because I was, I met him in December 2016 first time and, and, and I, I kept the relationship with some people in his administration and I talked to them from Dubai because we had pretty much two options. One was to go to Saudi and start a new life with new passport. Uh, so I met people uh, to, to arrange that and the other option was to go to United States and get asylum. So I started that asylum process with people from the Trump administration uh, in uh, from Dubai and the United Arab Emirates. But then when these people tried to find us in, in Dubai, we decided to take off same level. So then we left Dubai in a couple of hours and we ended up in New York. And then it, what was it? Uh, two, 10 days later, it was an attempt to, to kill us, what we have understand today. It was a break. They tried to break in our hotel room in, in New York. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and after that incident, because everything was so extreme, my kids was in so bad shape. They had been like inside for three months, you know, and uh, my son sort of like hit himself. He just said he wanted to die. And he was five years old because he hadn't been playing for three, four months. And also my daughter was also in, in, in very bad shape. So yeah, after that attempt to break in our, in our hotel room, uh, 
they decided to yeah go back yeah, to her parents is as a start and uh, yeah and, and your uh, wife and your children are, are back in Sweden now yeah she divorced me then yeah she took the kids and left me because she said if we're gonna stay we're gonna get killed Victor I don't want to put my kids into this and also the kids was in so bad shape I was flying a psychiatrist from Sweden down to United Arab Emirates uh, to just look at my kids and he was he raised serious concerns because my, my son was five years old. If you lock in a five-year-old in a room for a couple of months, it's not, it's not nice things. And also my daughter, so he, she's, he, she was like, uh, yeah. Can I, I ask you? No, but when that happened, I had, had been fighting for four years and I lost everything, you know? And then when I lost my kids and my wife, then I couldn't take it anymore, so. I tried to commit suicide then in, in New York, yeah. same night they left. And uh, so, so I ended up in, uh, I tried it two times. First, I, I swallowed so much pills I couldn't swallow, but then I was waking up after two days and I tried again. And uh, then I was waking up, um, I was on intensive care, was waking up in hospital. So I survived uh, 16 days uh, where five was on the intensive uh, care clinic you know, uh, on a, emergency department. So it was very, uh, yeah, I tried to kill myself. That's no, no, and it's in the lawsuits also. So it's like no, no secret because uh, they caused that event and because by the extreme harassment. And I didn't see any, any, any uh, way to keep going. This, um... I mean, this, this may not be the right question, but I have to ask them. Did you feel that it was necessary to keep your family for so long in a room? Did you not think at the time it was better just to let them go? Or were you concerned for their security and safety? No, because my wife was, she was a part in companies and she was also a broker in my company. Right. So I was, it was a decision she made to be with me and stand by me. But when they tried to break our hotel room and we were finding out that they have hacked my email people from Turkey and it was uh, this like nightmare was showing up uh, and she understood the threat level that was on me. She said, I don't care if they take the kids. And, and uh, because we were afraid in Dubai that they would arrest her and then the authorities would take my kids and put them in, uh, in some family because they had, they had done investigations on my kids also during the years to try to, try to find something that take the custody away from us. So, but they didn't find anything wrong. And I also have the record from my police register and my social register on my website. So it's, it's uh, yeah. so she was afraid that they were gonna take the kids. That was right. her state But after that incident in New York, she said, uh, then they have to, they, she, just, she went freaked out. She, she had a meltdown. She was just shaking. Yeah, she was shaking and uh, yeah, it was, it was very dramatic because she was very afraid when, during the breakdown. And it was, uh, yeah, so then I, 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 I said, enough is enough, now I, I, I'm, I'm done. And then I, I tried to, to kill myself that evening and I sent a suicide letter to my, my wife. Yes, it was. 
And, and why I don't do it again is because when I was on the intensive care, was waking up after four or five days, I had had so much dreams about my kids from the hospital that I need to get the, the justice for them, you know, to, to win this case uh, for them. Uh, so uh, that's why I decided to, to, uh, yeah, to, uh, to fight and win this case in court. And it, if it cost me, I have no, yeah, I will do everything to fight and win this case. Uh, because that was my dreams when I was in the hospital. I need to get this because, yeah. So I, I left the hospital when, uh, because she took all the luggage also, my, my, my wife. So I didn't have any, I, I had the, the, only the hospital clothes when I was checking out from the hospital after 16 days uh, care. So I didn't even have a, a, a jacket. I didn't have nothing. So I took a taxi to my lawyer, same day. And, and since that day, I've been fighting this case. So yeah. So I really started from scratch in US, you can say that for sure, because I didn't have any clothes. I had hospital clothes when I come out from hospital. So, and then my lawyers has been fighting and it's been growing. So now we have four lawyer firms in New York and, uh, and uh, I will fight this case uh, to uh, get the justice. I believe it. And for all you know, your, your wife and your children are now fine and safe. Do you still speak to them? It, yeah, they are. They are not fine. They they see they have a lot of trauma. My kids still, and uh, they also live under very special circumstances because of of everything. So they live. Uh, they are not allowed to have their own rooms. Uh, they are under. Uh, yeah, they have other people with them all the time. So it's uh, it's uh, they was forced to leave the school, uh, their home, their friends, everything. So they don't have any real life today either because they live so far away from the houses we had and from the area where they had the first years they are living uh, because of the situation we had to be very s safety first. Another question on this um, on this sensitive issue one of my colleagues uh, uh, raised this and uh, and I and I and I think she's right I mean we've talked about how this already feels like a film out of Hollywood, right? No, that's my lawyer. In say, not even Hollywood can stage a movie like this. No, I, I, would, I would concur with that. But my question was then, we also know how some of these films end and people who do take up the proverbial arms against the very powerful, this David and Goliath, they sometimes in those films end up in the swimming pool or in a car accident or fall off a bridge. How do you see your life? Let's say you win this case. Will you feel safe for the no. rest of your life? Actually, I was sitting with an LAPD officer in Los Angeles uh, during a police escort we had there. And, uh, and uh, because I have police protection here and, 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 uh, and we were talking and we, we were coming very deep. And he said like, what you, excuse my French, but he's like, what are you gonna do after this? How do you get back? And I, I don't know, because I have to, I can't even have a home today because it, it's, it's, I need to move so often. So it's, I don't even have a home. And when you can't even have a home, you start to wonder the human rights about that aspect, because even a refugee in Somalia can have a home. So 
That's why we also we launched a lawsuit during these years in the European Court of Human Rights in Europe against Sweden. Right. Yeah. So we will file a lawsuit because Sweden have so going to the level of extreme and taking away. We have at least eight of my human rights or so that don't even exist anymore. So that's why we're going to file a lawsuit against Sweden for, for breaking all these human rights because I can't, yeah. I'm the school book example where you have asylum. I, 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 my case for asylum is, 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 uh, is uh, bulletproof, you can say. So you have official asylum in the United States? you have official police protection. Is it some I, kind I, of... I, I will not say my asylum is official because it's something with the Department of Homeland Security right. and FBI and it's the uh, prosecutors is so many parts in it. So it's not definitely nothing that is public, but it's a very... The only reason this is complicated, it's because it's Sweden. If Russia did this, this would be a war and it would be so much sanctions. It will be on all news stations. It will be everywhere. But only because it's Sweden and Sweden have a good reputation, they're getting away with it. They're getting away with all this so much. And it's only because it's Sweden, I would say. And I would have my asylum after six weeks as my immigration lawyer said, if it was not Sweden. The only thing you have against you is it's Sweden. Because people have an, 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 an assumption that Sweden is an is, is, is honest and good country. And I would say that is the biggest lie I ever heard of. Yeah, I mean, if your allegations are, are true, which I'm no, obviously a judge of, I'm a mere reporter, but uh, Sweden is a beacon in the world for human rights and transparency, the rule of law and yeah. Yeah, but then you have this uh, Hitler syndrome, I call it, that uh, these toxic people, Jens Hendrickson and all these bosses, they manage to tell the employees that I'm Hitler, so it's okay to break all the laws against me because I'm a crook. Then you can uh, just shoot him, do whatever you want with him because he's, he's a bad guy anyway. But the Sweden is, they have gone so far to, 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 to take away my human rights, so I can't even have a home today. And then uh, I say a refugee in Somalia have more human rights than I have. So I'm working very hard to, to um, yeah, but that's another part of the story, but it's been now in the, the US news very lot um, last week that uh, I'm gonna do a hunger strike outside the White House now in a couple of weeks, maybe the end of uh, March, beginning of April during very heavy security. And it's been, a, yeah, it's been a, in all the tier one, not all, but in many tier one news outlets here. Uh, Newsmax had a very large article about it a couple of days ago. And, uh, and uh, it's gonna be, I'm gonna do this hunger strike outside your Biden's uh, White House during a very heavy armed security. My lawyers have already been in contact with authorities. And I'm gonna do this to raise awareness against the crimes and how Sweden act today. And I'm gonna demand that Joe Biden go in and take sanctions against Sweden because that's my uh, lawyers say today that it should be sanctions. If this was Russia, it would be huge sanctions. It would be so much sanctions that everyone involved will be on the blacklist. But 
They only because it's Sweden, they're getting away with it. So uh, that's why we do this hunger strike. And I also want the Department of Financial Service in New York to remove the dollar clearing for Swedbank. Yeah, because, uh, so, and, and I think if that's gonna happen, actually, I think that's gonna happen. And th 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 this is the scary part. If that happened, it can happen tomorrow because they have so much information. They have enough information to remove the dollar clearing. But if that happened, Swedbank will be in bankruptcy I will live in one year because that's how long time a, a financial institution survived without doing transactions in US dollar. I mean, we've seen, we know the Department of Justice has, uh, let's many call it politicized the dollar. We saw it with this uh, revelations of uh, uh, money laundering and tax fraud with the Swiss banks and so on and so forth. Um, we know the Department of Justice was uh, looking into the whole uh, Estonia uh, case with regards to Danske Bank in Denmark and Nordea. Um, you mean the thing you re read on in the news before Christmas? You mean that, right? Well, it's been going on since oof, 2018. Now, but what I wanted to ask you in, in, in relation to that is, do, is there as far as you can ascertain, and I, I grant you that this may be you know, guesswork, but is there a connection in some way between what, because Sweatbank was heavily involved in that whole Estonian charade and the CEO had to, she was fired, right? And yeah. Henriksen was placed as CEO. Is there a link as far as you see with the dealings that were going on at Folksam and what was happening with the banks in Estonia? Absolutely, it's, 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 it's in the same boat. So it's, it's, it's no question about it. And that's why it's so awful that Erik Tidén gave them a fine of, of, of 4 billion Swedish kroner for this. It's like, a, but, but um, the, it was before Christmas in international news that FBI and Department of Justice have reached out to Swedish authorities for assistance. Yeah. Yeah. And that, according to my sources, that's because of me, they have done that. Because according to my, so I, I met the prosecutor in Southern District of New York in October 2019. And then I have provided them a lot of information about Swedbank and uh, SCB and uh, everyone. And uh, in last year, in May, April, we provided very critical information, I did. And then uh, during the uh, summer, FBI and Department of Justice reach out to Swedish authorities. What they reach out about, we don't know exactly. But uh, according to my source, it was because of the information I have provided to the US authorities. And when they went out and wrote about this in Swedish media, they wrote it as uh, that uh, it was uh, something about the money laundering scandal back in the days. But I definitely think it's definitely not only about the Baltic money laundering scandal, it's a lot about my case. All right. I mean, just for people who don't know, this, uh, this Estonian uh, scenario we keep referring to was potentially the largest money laundering uh, scandal going over a period of years in history. Yeah. Um, and it was um, principally um, Eastern European money that was channeled out and into the system. 
Russian money, a lot of Russian money too, yeah. And you think that some of the things that you uncovered has a relation to, to this or you see patterns or? Yeah, of course it has a relation. Of course it's, it's, it has a relation. It's, 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 it's in the same case, but why my threat level is so high is because also many of these things I bring in this into US jurisdiction. So if you take me out of the picture, US can't go after many of these things because it has nothing to do with US. But I bring everything into the US legal system. So that's why it's, it, it's, it's uh, yes, it's, it's, it's extremely high threat level uh, against me because of all that. So it's, uh, it's not so fun, of course. No, I can imagine. And, and maybe a, a final point on this. Um, I assume you managed to retain evidence or documentation of the, all these accusations of course, of that you have. Thousands of documents and, 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 and everything. So it's, uh, we don't have, my lawyer have a very good uh, uh, basic rule is if you don't have the evidence, it didn't happen. And, and that's, that's uh, the, the rule we work against. So we don't put anything in the lawsuits or in the court that we can't provide with documents as a proof. Because first of all, it's pointless. And second of all, it's, I can get sued for defamation if, sure. if, 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 I, if I claim something that is a lie. So uh, that's why we do everything that is in the lawsuit is a claim we can back up with facts and documentations. So you are making a claim in a New York district court and you are taking a court to the Human Court of, of Human Rights. Yeah, but in, in, you, in New York, European Court of Human Rights are making fun. In, in the court in Southern District of New York will be now since December 2019. So it's, uh, it's a very long time. And, but the, the case in the Court for Human Rights in Europe is not filed yet, but it's, we're going to file it during this year. And when do you expect the conclusion of the one that you started in 2019? Uh, it will be a long time. It will be long. It's 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 like a it's like a never-ending story, but they are so they want this to go away so much. So they uh, they they want me to commit suicide again, not obviously because they increase the harassment or get killed. That's that's what they hope for, of course, because then the case disappear. But I think the Swedish. Media should, if they started to report about this, it would, they will never do that. Not even if they get convicted and they will never report. But if they did that, it would help me so much from two different points. One for my clients to get the real reason what happened. But also I think it's hard for these authorities and all these people and authorities to keep doing this harassment on me because then they, when all these people understand that I'm not the Hitler, I, I don't think they can have all these people working against me as they do today. So that's why it's, I think it will be, a, I think a lot of the things will stop if they started to report, but they will never do reporting about this case. No, but if, if the case brings the facts to life, then it's 
presumably pretty un undeniable. I mean, uh, presumably people will be caught, uh, called as witnesses and convictions be made and they will either yeah, be but they will not or they will be banned from traveling because there will be a, a, an arrest warrant for them, I suppose. It's a two case, one civil and one criminal. Right. But I believe it's, uh, it's uh, I, I don't, I'm, I, I, the, the Swedish media are so corrupt today. So they will never file right about this case. Not even if Swedbank falls. They will make up a bullshit explanation why Swedbank was falling if they fall. Because they, as they did, they, they, they will never write about this. It will never reach public ears. But that's why I do Instagram and a lot of uh, things because I reach out to a lot of people in Sweden everywhere. My case starts to go month by people talking a lot. So this is growing very fast. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and cases are, are public. I mean, the, the, as you say, the documents are filed and there will be a verdict at some point. Yeah, and US, US news write about it. It's, uh, it's something every day almost now these days coming up. And now it's been a lot on all news here that the, the hunger strike would take place. Uh, so it's, um, but for people that want to follow me, uh, uh, go to my Instagram is Victor with a C and then an X. And from my in Victor and an X, I took away my last name last year. So my name is Victor X because I lost everything in life. So I didn't want to keep the last name either. Uh, and then the people can follow me and they find my website and everything. So I do a lot of updates there to, to so I have a lot of a huge following group. Uh, so it's, it's uh, yeah, that's my way to reach out. And presumably your main focus now is, is fighting the court case and yeah, trying to find some degree of justice. 24-7 with this case. As I said, I had these fever dreams in the hospital so much about my, when I was in intensive care that I need to get justice for my children. And, and, and since I wake up on the hospital, I have had like a, a fixed ID that I gonna run this case for the rest of my life if I have to and if I don't get killed because I will never stop because I'm working I'm working yeah 18 I work harder now when I did when I was a work addict back in the days and I only work about this so it's 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 for me it's like a, a, yeah I don't have anything else I have uh, some businesses that is you know, uh, that I'm in a passive owner in but uh, I'm not, uh, not uh, yeah, I, this is my, my full time job 24 seven. And it's a very expensive job because as I said, uh, fighting in, in federal court in New York in this, on this level, it's, it's cost a fortune to do that. Uh, and all, I, I, all, I have four lawyer firms in New York. So it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's very, very expensive. Well, I hope, um... Whatever is the outcome of this, that uh, that whatever truth is to be found, that it's uncovered. And I hope that the legal system does what we all pray and hope and rely on legal systems doing, which is presenting facts, evidence. And with that, it's incontrovertible. And there is no 
there's no hiding if um, if the facts are presented. Yeah, but it would not reach the Swedish news anyway. It would never, it, 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 they cover it up. I'm, 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 I'm so sure about that. It will never reach. It will reach all the Swedish people in the end of the day, because on all this forum, it grows so fast on internet now. It's like a movement. And it discussed on flashback. It's a big forum in Sweden. And, and it's growing fast. And I also looking to buy a media company in Sweden to start doing the way thing you, you, you do invest, uh, yeah, report about news that the media cover up. So uh, it will reach the public of, of Sweden, but it will not be with Bonnier and Schibstedt companies, that I can say. Du har lyttet til en podcast fra Free Observer. Hvis du ønsker mere viden om Free Observer eller ønsker at foretage en donation, kan du gå til vores hjemmeside freeobserver.org eller følge os på Facebook under Free Observer.